Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready! Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I'm your host today, Brendan Glasheen. This week, week 11 NFL best bets. Joined this week by our two usual guests. We have Brandon Anderson of Action Network, Luke Swain, Vegas refund of Action Network. And our third chair today is being held down by the touchdown better himself, touchdown show host, Jill Gallant. We have the crew back together to go through week 11, the slate, and we come up with Nine best bets, three from each of the guys. You can find the video version of this podcast. You may have done so already. If you have, please subscribe to our Action Network YouTube page. If you've already done so, like the video. We greatly appreciate it. Also, if you're listening, which is where most of you probably are, listening on your uh, wherever you get your podcast, please hit a leave a review and a five-star rating. We appreciate those two. And any review, positive, negative, we like the feedback. It's helpful for us. And again, you can find Jill... Brandon, Luke, individually in the free award-winning Action Network app. Not just the bets they give out today, but other things they add throughout the course of the week, building up to each NFL Sunday. We went 5-4 and four in Week 10, another above 500 week. We're really you know, chipping away here at this record. And if you include Brandon Anderson's look-ahead picks, we're two games over 500. So we're working our way to being uh, profitable here on this Best Bets podcast going back to Week 1. Brandon, let's start with you. Week 11, best bet number one. What do you have? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough slate this week. We get a really fun game Thursday night. We get a really fun game Monday night. We get a lot of weird, long, like, we, we've got, I think, seven games at a touchdown or longer on Sunday. I think five games around double digits or longer, depending on where a couple of them end up. So it's a hard slate to pick between. I'm going to pick one of those long underdogs to start out. Give me the New York Jets, plus seven at the Bills. Look, we watched this game the Monday night opener. We all watched it. We saw Aaron Rodgers, a couple of plays in the game go down. We saw the Jets win, and everybody knows the Bills should have won that game. Like, we, we all saw it happen. The Bills were much better. 
this is not that Bills team anymore. I just think the Bills are broken right now. Right after that game, the Bills were the right play. They were scoring 41 points a game the next three games after that Jets loss. They responded. But since then, six games, 20.5 points a game. The offense has fallen off. I know we, we fired Ken Dorsey this week. The scoring has not been there. And I think that this is a pretty tough time to turn over your play calling duties from Dorsey to Joe Brady, who I like, but you got to do that against this defense, this Jets defense with like a few days to install whatever you're doing with the offense or whatever plays you're going to be calling. I think it's a tough matchup. The Jets defense really has become everything it was supposed to be. The elite, elite pass defense, probably the best unit in the NFL right now. By DVOA, they're basically measuring up even with the Browns the last like four to six weeks as the top defense. So they've always been a problem against Josh Allen. Last three games for Allen against the Jets, he's averaging 196 yards per game passing. So under 200, two touchdowns, six interceptions in those games. All three one-score games, that gets us home here. Seven of the last 10 Jets-Bills games, one-score games. So I just think the line is too high. Bill's defense is second to worst in the NFL by DVOA the last six weeks. Pass defense especially has been bad. They're leaky against wide receiver one. That's like the one thing the Jets have, right? So I think Garrett Wilson can have a good game. Uh, I think the Jets can hang enough on early downs to at least give themselves a chance offensively. Last six games, we talked about that stretch earlier. Buffalo in that stretch is two and four. There are two wins. We're by one score over the Giants and by one score over the Bucks. It's not a very good team. Uh, honestly, are we positive the Bills are even the better team here? I- I'm not. I'm going to take the Jets plus seven. Okay. And as we know, Buffalo, not that it matters all that much against Zach Wilson. He's pretty terrible regardless, but the Bills are also really banged up. Um, so maybe that's a soft landing for Zach Wilson to look better. And by the way, a lot of folks at Action have been betting that first half under and that number keeps coming down, too. So you're getting a touchdown with a total of 40. Um, getting the team that's an underdog with a touchdown, uh, that's always a good sign, too, for you. I mean, the okay. Jets are just – the Jets have been Josh Allen's kryptonite. And yeah. In all of the games that they've been his kryptonite, Josh Allen and this offensive is playing extremely well. Um, now, it's scary to think what's going to happen with them playing probably the worst that they have in the last two years. Is this is it yeah, fair Alan, to say just from a narrative perspective just like the, like just if we're just having a we're having a drink and we're all shooting the breeze this is the first time Josh Allen's really faced crisis right is that fair like crisis as a peak quarterback at this point in his career is that fair crisis as, as a peak quarterback I was gonna say the crisis when he was like not an NFL quarterback for two seasons we'll call that a crisis that wild but, card <laughs> game a few yeah. years ago against the Texans yeah his he was running around with his head chopped off I mean like knowing that he's top tier crisis. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's making me crazy, honestly, because like I just you see on Twitter and I see tweets about like he uh, he has elite in every statistical category. If the Bills had a winning record, Josh Allen would be the favorite to win MVP. And like honestly, if you just watch these games, like the like that pick before the half on Monday was so <laughs> bad. Like I don't care about the stats. I don't care about anything. Like it, it's just not working right now for him, and it's just. Yeah. One of the funny notes about this game, so obviously I bet interceptions a lot, and Josh Allen leads the NFL in interceptions, and right now both him and Zach Wilson have the exact same odds to throw an <laughs> interception in this game at minus 165. So what does that tell you? Well, he's yeah, going to throw it probably quadruple the amount of times. 
I was going to bring up the interceptions line too. I looked for that one because I wanted to bet it here. And I was just like, oh man, that's, that's pretty insulting to take a guy that a week ago was the MVP favorite and is now basically like 60% to to definitely have an interception. You, you pretty much have to bet multiple interceptions here, which he probably will do based on his Jets history, but to get any value on it. So yeah, it's, it's a tough spot. I'm not going to play the money line here. I'm just going to take the seven. I do think that to me, the narrative you mentioned, Brendan, I think the narrative is that this is ugly and gross, but the Bills like pulled out and saved the season, at least for now. I think that's probably where this heads, but we'll see. I'll take the seven. Okay. We spent a little extra time there dumping on the Bills, so we'll have to move <laughs> it along. Luke, your first bet, please. I'm going to go with the Cardinals plus five at the Texans, which this one really is Kyler. Like, he is so back. Like, if you just watch that game, you look comfortable. It's honestly incredible how quick he looked. Like there were some plays he was just getting out of pressure and like that's where he makes like his plays or he's not looking to run. He's kind of just maneuvering around, which he looked fantastic. And then when he started to run, you can kind of see that he started to drag his leg. But Kyle looked amazing. James Conner was back. This team every single week, no matter how bad they played, they are very motivated. There's no tanking going on with this Cardinals team. Um, going against a Texans defense that is bottom half in every single category currently. And like CJ Stroud is playing out of his mind. Uh, they have been an extremely explosive offense and that offense is definitely going to get theirs. But if you look at the games that they've had the most success in this season, it's against the Steelers, Bengals, and Tampa, which all three of those teams are the bottom three teams in explosive plays allowed. And then the games that they've had like mediocre or, or subpar games, Offensive games are against the Ravens, Saints, and I can't even read my handwriting. There's a fourth team. Uh, but they put 9, 13, 19, and 20 points up against those four teams that are top 13 in explosive plays allowed. Um, so you can clearly see the difference between the two. And Cardinals are the eighth defense in terms of explosive plays allowed. So if there is a trend between those two scenarios, like it definitely favors the Cardinals defense in this spot. And let's not forget that this Texans team just lost to the Panthers. They should have lost the Bucks. They're still going to get theirs, but I don't trust this defense. Kyle looks totally back, probably better. He looked better last week than he did any time I watched him last season. Um, James Conner clearly is a huge difference maker, maybe one of the most important running backs to their team in the entire league. And then you look at Kyler as an underdog. He's 21 and 11, which is 66%. And he's 13 and five on the road as an underdog. Um, so mm-hmm. Kyler as an underdog has clearly like thrived. And this Texans team hasn't been more of a two and a half point favorite this entire season yet. So this wow. is a totally different spot for them laying five against the Cardinals team uh, on the road that it just lay like, it's just a new spot that, they're continuing to be America's public darling. Um, they burned me last week against the Bengals, but hopefully we can get home with a plus five here. I just I just can't get to this number. All right. Very good. Yeah. And Kyler loved throw to the tight end. Trey McBride, he looked good. Um, and it, it's clear that they held Kyler out those extra few weeks to really get him right. I'm wondering if that had something to do with their win and loss record because of where their draft pick is right now. Um, but of course, he comes back last week and they win. Jill, your first pick has a connection to this game. Yeah, so this one's tough because I feel like I don't want to disagree with Luke here on how Kyler looked because, again, it's all about subjective. Like, if he thinks he looked good, I believe Luke. But for me, 
the statistics did not add up to seeing Kyler Murray looking as good as I thought he was. So that's why I'm going to take an interception in this game for Kyler to throw a pick at minus 115. Now, here's why I'm just in a little bit of a disagreement with Luke, because he did have obviously some spectacular runs like that run last week on third down to extend the play. That was amazing. But he was also only 52% passing on almost 30 pass attempts. He was two for nine on third down throwing the ball. And this Falcons defense isn't that good. And part of it could be rust. But really the reason is is because there's just a lot of lack of talent on the Cardinals. Like, look, I'm not going to say that Trey McBride didn't look good. But let's not pretend like he's a top 10 tight end in the NFL. Same thing with Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore. They're not really going to win a ton of one-on-one matchups. And the other thing about interceptions here, especially with Kyler, is I feel like we kind of like got zapped by like the men in black here, like where I just was forgetting what he's done in his career. But he had seven picks in 10 games last year. Historically in his career, he has thrown 42 interceptions in 58 games. That's 72% of every game he has played. And I know you could say, well, Julie, you're just cherry picking. And it's like, okay, let's look at all the splits. Let's exclude his rookie year. It's still 70%. If you go through the Kingsbury era, it's still at 71%. So again, like it's not like I'm just looking at, oh, look at this specific slant or this specific split. It's in his entire career. So the reason why we're getting minus 115 is because they won that game. Had the Cardinals lost, this would probably be closer to minus 130, minus 140. I think this Texans defense getting a little bit more improved now. Derek Stingley was back last week. That's why they did have two picks last week on Joe Burrow. So this isn't me disagreeing with Luke saying they can't cover the five. This is me just saying that I think Kyler Murray still maybe isn't all the way back. And with that talent around him, I think he's more prone to throw an interception than not. So I'm going to take him to throw a pick at minus 115. Yeah, when I when I say he's like back, I meant like he could off run. an ACL. I was expecting to see like a knee brace on his knee, didn't have yeah. a knee brace, and just not the explosive Kyler we, we were used to. Um, I mm-hmm. was not expecting last week. And honestly, we got way more in terms of really with his legs than I ever expected. Eleven. I wasn't expecting it either, Luke, though, because even last week they had his anytime touchdown odds around plus 240. And last year before the injury, his range was around plus 150 to plus 175. So I think even sports books weren't sure if he was going to be all the way back. And then, he, of course, he scores a rushing touchdown. You're not going to see his odds above plus 200 likely the rest of the year. Right. Right. Yeah, and the Texans are getting healthier. Both, both fronts of offensively on the line and also uh, in their defensive front. So that could set up well for you too. All right, Brandon, what do you got? You're going to go to the prop market for your uh, second one. I am. I almost went with the side on this one. I'm going to go to the Raiders and Dolphins game. And I, I tried to talk myself into the Raiders. I think this line is way too long on their side, but I'm going to play the reason I think the line is too long. And that's Josh Jacobs. So give me Josh Jacobs over 61 and a half rushing yards. Look, life is great for the Raiders right now. Antonio Pierce is there. They're 2-0. and They're smoking stogies in the locker room. Like, life is great when you face Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson. So mm-hmm. this is not that. They got to face a real offense now. But a thing that I've noticed during those games, and it's kind of what I expected, Antonio Pierce, tough guy, linebacker. What are you going to do? Play defense and run the football. So Josh Jacobs, the last two weeks, in the debut for Pierce, 26 carries, 98 yards, and two scores. Last week, 27 carries, 116 yards. He's not really been more efficient. That's still basically four yards a carry, but he's had the two highest carry total of the season. He's leading the league right now, I think, by like 26 or 27 carries. So this is last year's rushing leader. 
The offensive line has been pretty good. They, they've continued to outperform expectations. And the Dolphins, even though I do think their defense is actually playing better, that's mostly the pass defense. That's Jalen Ramsey. It's the secondary. The run defense can still be got, basically. Uh, they're seventh worst in run DVOA defensively. This season, six running backs against Miami have had at least 15 carries. And Jacobs, for sure, will get at least 15 carries. Five of those six went over this rushing line. So I think that's the formula for the Raiders. you got a rookie quarterback on the road against this high-powered offense. What are you going to do? Protect your quarterback, run the ball, chew up the clock, try to keep the offense off the field. Pretty standard formula. So I like Jacobs. I'm not going to do escalator on this one here. I think just taking the traditional over is right. To me, I think this line should be more like in the 70s, even high 70s. Uh, I've been talking on my uh, power rankings column. I think there's value on Jacobs to lead the league in rushing again. Also, I got that at 28 to 1 last week. I think it's still 12 to 1 at books out there. He's three yards off of second place right now, and he's getting this huge workload under Pierce. So I'm going to play it this game, but I think you can play it for the season too. Jacobs over 61 and a half yards. So I realized you only had two catches in the, the Jets game, but could I could I ask you why you might not be looking at rushing and receiving because of the possible game script of the Raiders trailing? I mean, you're Brandon, let's be honest. You're hoping this game is stays one score game tight for the first half at minimum to, to keep the ground game formidable for the Raiders. Yeah, I, 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 that's a good question. I, I would hope that, of course. And like I said, that that's kind of part of the angle is that I do think that the line stays close. I honestly would make this like closer to seven and it's almost two touchdowns now. Like it just keeps going up, which to me, that tells right. me I just must be missing something. I'm evaluating wrong. I, like I shouldn't be off by a touchdown. So that's why I'm not on the Raiders here. But I honestly just think that the Raiders are going to run the ball either way. I hope okay. it stays close. But I think that like it's, it's Aiden O'Connell on the road against a tough secondary. Like you, you don't have a get out of jail free card. You only really can just keep trying to run the ball. They don't have a lot of other options. Obviously, you got, you got Devontae Adams. But I just think part of the part of the reason here why I'm sticking with the rushing is I think they feed Jacobs either way. So I, I, hopefully it stays close. That's for the better. But even if they're down, I don't know if they really have too many other options, but just keep running the ball. Okay. All right, Luke, you have another side for us. Second one, please. Yes, I'm going to go with the Rams, which currently are plus one hosting the Seahawks, which this is definitely a tough week. And there's a lot of double digit spreads. There's a lot of higher, like, like, as Brandon said, touchdown or more. And in a week that's tough, like this Rams plus one, I wish I was getting a, a better price, um, honestly. But at the same time, like this Seahawks team, I just can't trust anymore. I've bet on them. I've gotten burned on by them multiple times this year and games that they shouldn't have covered that they covered then last week that fourth down touchdown that the uh commanders had was just truly painful um which john Kerner yesterday on one of our shows happy hour a wednesday night show on our youtube page sean kerner gave out seahawks under nine and a half wins at plus mm-hmm. money last night so that shows he's down on them too yeah so the seahawks team i'm kind of just off of right now and you really just i can't trust them going against a rams team who has been fighting the injury bug and is coming off of their bye week that should be healthier. And really the key to this whole thing is really checking the Stafford practice reports and seeing if he was a full participant in the practice, which yesterday he was, um, which I'm going to assume he is today um, and tomorrow. Um, and we're going to get a healthy Stafford on Sunday. Um, so it is a thumb injury and those things can happen any play and re-aggravate it, which is probably the concern. But 
if you saw week one, Stafford probably against the Seahawks team in Seattle, Stafford looked like Stafford on the lines. He was slinging around and that with, without Cooper cup um, who he has now and Stafford just dices the zone and the Seahawks play at a very high zone rate. Um, so I don't see much that is going to stop this Rams offense going against a Seahawks team that I just can't trust the Rams play zone a lot, which is what Gino likes. But again, Gino to me feels like he's starting to come back down to earth and be the quarterback that we thought he was the entire time. Um, so I'll just take this Rams team at plus one. Um, I wouldn't lay plus one, pick on money line, whatever it is. Um, so Rams at home. Okay, we're recording on a Thursday afternoon, so of course you're not going to hear any picks for Baltimore and Cincinnati, but really the game of the weekend is Monday night. Kansas City hosting Philadelphia, Super Bowl rematch, and we do have a couple of plays featured in that game. Jill, Jill, I, I need you, Jill, when you give it this analysis, because mm-hmm. it, it seems kind of obvious, you need to tell me what, you got to give me the scenario as to why this won't happen. What is it? Okay, well... Uh... <laughs> The bet is Jalen Hurts for an anytime touchdown, and why it won't happen is he gets hurt. Because if he doesn't get hurt, if they get within the five-yard line, it's almost likely, very likely to happen, rather, because he leads the most unstoppable play in the NFL. So for context, this is around plus 135. Why I bring that up is because he hasn't been above plus 105 all season. And for reference as well, these two teams, they played in the Super Bowl. He had minus 110 odds to score in that game. Well, he rushed for three touchdowns. So, and that's the thing about this offense is that once they get within the five-yard line, they're pretty predictable because they are so efficient at what they do. He's got seven touchdowns this year, uh, seventh in the NFL in red zone carries. All of his touchdowns have been scored inside the five-yard line. And this Chiefs defense, I think this is the reason why we're getting a little bit of a premium here is because this Chiefs defense has been pretty good against the run. But over the last four games, teams are averaging around 120 rushing yards per game. The Broncos ran all over them two touchdown scores on the ground and this running attack in the NFL from the Eagles, they're going to likely do everything they can to keep Mahomes off the field. And I mean, after what happened in the Super Bowl last year, they're going to be foaming at the mouth to be able to just take on, like, I don't want to, I don't get too much into this revenge game narrative, but this game does mean something for the Eagles in this spot to be able to prove, you know, that they're not this fraudulent NFC team because of the way that they've won games. So uh, again, Jalen Hurts, they're going to make a statement in this game. I'm not going to 100% say that the Eagles will win, but I definitely feel that Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown should be minus odds. So we're getting it at plus 135. So I think you need to grab it. Okay. I stole that from BJ Cunningham because we were doing the baseball podcast in, in uh, during the World Series. And he would say, Brendan, let me tell you how this won't hit. And he would basically have like one sentence and be like, and, and you, you just nailed it. Unless he gets hurt or something absurd happens. So that's why I put it to you like that, because I just don't. The way you explained it, it just doesn't make any sense to me um, why you're getting a really good price. So, yeah, go grab it now if you can. Um, Brandon, also related to this game, you have an angle for Chiefs-Eagles. I do. And I I came on the pod last week. Joe, you weren't on, but I came on with my first anytime touchdown bet. Austin Eckler, you helped me with the odds. We hit it. I was four for four in touchdown bets in my article last week. So I'm a touchdown guy now, too. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown minus 115 in that huge Monday night game. It's a, it's just a great game. It's like, it's like the, you know, the amuse-bouche before Thanksgiving week. We got this on Monday night. It's, it's perfect to lead into this awesome week of sports. So you had to have something here. I think to me in this game, Jill, I think I like your pick. I think the Chiefs run defense is the weak spot. 
But with the Eagles, it's the pass defense. Run defense mm-hmm. has been great for Philly. They're yep. uh, second in the league DVOA, but they're bottom 10 against the pass. They are dead last by DVOA against tight ends. Well, guess who's a pretty good tight end? Yep. Travis Kelsey. This is kind of by design for the Eagles, right? They didn't really go out and bring in linebackers and safeties. They cheaped out on that area. They did that on purpose. They want pass rushers. They want the line. They want secondary. They didn't really do the middle of the field. That's analytics. It's not going to work great against Travis Kelsey. This is the price you pay here. So fantasy-wise, they're bottom five against tight ends. Hunter Henry has a touchdown against them. TJ Hawkinson, Logan Thomas, Jake Ferguson. Those guys all score touchdowns. And Travis uh, Kelsey is like 10 times the player of them. So I think, too, one thing I like about both these touchdown bets, these are guys that have not been healthy, Hurts or Kelsey, and now they're off the bye week. So I think Mm -hmm. for Travis Kelsey, this is the healthiest he's been all season. He's out partying in Argentina. Now he's ready to come back. We're ready, ready to go. He had in the Super Bowl a touchdown, plus six catches, 81 yards. And I think with the nature of this game, I think the Chiefs treat this like a playoff game. And in a playoff games, Travis Kelsey shows up with huge numbers. He's had 14 games in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes, 15 touchdowns in 14 games. He's found the end zone at least once in 11 out of the 14 games, 79%. So I think you treat this game like that. And and the real analysis you want here, you know Taylor Swift is going to be at the game. Her Eagles, her Chief, it's the Kelsey Bowl. We had that whole thing at the Super Bowl. Supposedly, some TMZ reporting for you. Taylor's parents are going to be there. So the, the Swifts and the Kelseys are meeting for the first time. Come on. He's not going to find the end zone in that game. Karma is the guy in the Chiefs scoring touchdowns for me. Travis Kelsey, minus 115. I absolutely <laughs> love Taylor Swift and Kelsey. Like, I'm one of the suckers that is just, like, all about <laughs> sorry, the videos. You know, sorry get, when you said Karma's that married. guy on the Chiefs. It's fantastic. didn't all look like the dancers. <gasps> she said that. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Anderson said that on the podcast. Wow. Um, I was going to bring up a point about Brandon's pick here because he mentioned about how Kelsey, if they're going to treat this like a playoff game, how efficient Kelsey has been in the playoffs. Well, if you go through those same game logs, this is part of the reason why I took this last year in the Super Bowl. I took Travis Kelsey for the first touchdown. It was around plus 350, but first team touchdown. And you can get it around plus 300 to plus 350. It's probably going to be in that range again this game. And if you go back and look through all those playoff game logs since 2021, guess who scored the first Chiefs touchdown in almost all of them? Kelsey. So just looking, if you're looking to find a little bit more of a spicy angle to that instead of taking minus 115, but again, minus 115, pretty solid odds for Kelsey in this matchup. Yeah, well, we'll take the minus 115 and get get on the wins here for our pod, but I don't mind the first touchdown bet. I know you hit that one. That's been a good angle in the playoffs, so that's a good one to spice up the odds a little bit. Treat it like an escalator. Or just take them to score any time touchdown first half for those odds. Yeah, you could do that too. Yep. Plus 175, I'm seeing. And first team touchdown score in that plus 200 range. Plus 220 range, excuse me. Wow. Okay. Premium. All right. Um, I just got blindsided by this Taylor Swift thing that I forgot who's next. Uh, Luke, you're next. Thank you. Uh, Luke has a side for us. We're moving off of this game. We're backtracking a bit. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go. It's it's pretty gross, but I'm going to go with the Browns. Currently, I would nice. say Moneyline, which is probably minus 115. Really, this this is just one that, like, this Steelers team, like, there is just nothing about them other than their record of being 6-3. and three. That is good. They've been outgained in every single game this season, and they just continue to make 
get lucky interceptions or fumbles or whatever it is at the end of games that they somehow cover every time and or pick them off off of tips or just getting extremely lucky and winning games and Yes, Deshaun is out, which is why we're honestly betting it, or else I wouldn't be laying the Browns at, I think they were like minus three and a half with Deshaun. But with him out, the line came down just too much for me. And then a Browns defense that is probably is like, at least they're the best. They're just smothering teams in a divisional game that we've said on this podcast multiple times, just take the underdog every single time. And you're probably going to come out ahead with this division. This Browns team... If they get to an underdog, great. I think it's worth waiting. But DTR, definitely better than P.J. Walker. Uh, but when they did have P.J. Walker, like they were keeping every single game close with this defense. And there's nothing about the Steelers' offense that scares me that they can win at margin or even win. In the one game DTR did play, it was awful. But he totally just got thrown into the fire against a Ravens defense that is elite. Deshaun, I think it was like the Saturday Deshaun got ruled out and all of a sudden a rookie quarterback was playing off of 24 hours notice. So they drafted him for a reason. He looks pretty good in preseason. I think DTR is definitely an upgrade over PJ Walker. Just getting a Browns team that is better than the Steelers team, basically money line plus one, whenever it is. It's just an easy bet. Taking a backup quarterback that we talked about usually creates value on the team that he's playing for in his first start. Okay, very good. Uh, is there a way where, so seeing one and a half out there, is it better to get this now or wait? Do you, do you, or do you anticipate Brown's money to come in? I would say this is probably where it's going to be. Um, okay. I would, it's probably maybe wait. I would say I don't think it's going to go up much, if anything. Um, I don't think waiting is going to hurt you if you want to get like the plus ones and then tease those. Um, if you're teasing the Browns, it would be worth waiting for the plus one instead of teasing right. through zero. Right. Okay. By the yeah, way, yeah. Uh, this this game was my hot read and my look ahead, so uh, I'm I'm just not on it anymore. I've, we, I'm in already. We got our bets already, but somehow by by the luck of the Steelers, apparently I'm holding on a plus four and a half from uh, from the look ahead last week on the Steelers. So thank you to Deshaun Watson for getting out of here on that. <laughs> we had a plus one eighty on the money line, and then on Sunday night we grabbed the hot read. I took the under thirty eight and a half. The total is like 32 and a half at some books right now. Like it is, I, I don't know. I, I got to check bet labs. I don't know if that's the lowest total that we've had since like a decade it or really something. It literally can't go any lower. Like, it's they just so can't. low. So <laughs> yeah, I, I we had uh, the Arctic. We had the Arctic blast week last year, right before Christmas. Yeah, true. So I, I, I'm just going to just ride the CLV. I, I, you could try to middle here. It, it, just in case you're wondering on the hot reads and look ahead. I don't want to get too cute on it. We're in a great spot with CLV. We did not earn it. We locked into it. Sometimes we're going to go the other <laughs> way. We'll get the injury on the wrong side. So I'll sit on the Steelers in the under, and I'm happy with the side. But I think with where the line's at now, I don't mind the Luke pick either here. So just wanted to comment on folks looking at the look ahead at hot read spots. Well, Jill, we can't get enough of this game, and that's why you want to bet a touchdown in this one, a touchdown score. Yeah, so that Browns-Saints uh, game, that Arctic Bowl you were talking about, that closed at 32.5 as well. Okay. So right, right now go. we're we're gunning for the top spot here. But uh, yeah, the <laughs> total in this game continues to drop. So you would think, don't bet touchdown scores in this game. And I'm actually going the other way. I'm going to bet a touchdown <laughs> score in this game. And I'm betting Kareem Hunt to score another touchdown at plus 275. Uh, okay, so 
Dorian Thompson Robinson. I'm glad Luke brought that up about the late change because we look at that game and you think, okay, well, he's just a trash quarterback. It's like, okay, you had 10 hours to decide if you're going to start him. So uh, it probably wasn't going to work out, but these low totals, again, being at 33 points or 32 and a half, doesn't really matter when it comes to Hunt. Six touchdowns in the last five games, and Deshaun Watson, he only played in one of those. So you can't really just say, well, the quarterback is the reason why we're at this spot because P.J. Walker, DTR, doesn't really matter if it's Watson. And one of the things that's important about that, about him scoring in that stretch, is each one of these games had totals less than 40. So you could be scared off from the touchdown if you want, but they're happening, especially against some pretty strong defenses. Like last, like the Ravens are top 10 in DVOA versus running backs. Kareem Hunt was right out there during the red zone trips. And that's why I love Hunt because they use him in those trench spots. They let Jerome Ford run between the 20s. Once they get to the red zone, it's Hunt time because he's got 14 red zone carries since coming back to the Browns. And... Uh, 12 in that last uh, five-game stretch. Just to put that in perspective, Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong, they have nine combined red zone touches in two extra games this year. So it's Kareem Hunt's show when they get into the red zone. I know the points are going to be hard to come by, but I trust the Browns to do what the Browns do. And they lead the NFL in rush attempts per game. When they get into the red zone, they're not going to let DTR throw that ball. It's going to be Kareem Hunt going for it. And if you're going to give it to me at plus 275, Give it to me all day. All right. Good deal. Enough of that gross game and enjoy it. Yeah. So like you said, this goes back to last year's uh, Arctic Blast game. You said it was Denver and New Orleans. Is that what you said? Saints and Browns. Saints and Browns. Oh, and the Browns were featured. Okay. Very good. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Before we go, we need Brandon Anderson's look ahead. As he noted, he is on Pittsburgh in this game from last week's look ahead at plus four and a half. You took the total under as your hot read Monday. So what I'm excited about is your look ahead is going to feature a Thanksgiving game. What do you got? Yeah, got to do a Thanksgiving game. Look, I'll probably just be back on this one on the podcast for best bets next week also because I love some of these Thanksgiving trends. First game of the day, Thanksgiving. We're all ready for some football. 
give me the Lions. Lions minus seven and a half home on Thanksgiving against the Packers. Guess what the last time was that the Lions were favored by seven and a half or more? I don't know, because it's not in our system. It's, it goes so far back. Like The Lions are never this good. They're never this huge of a favorite against the Packers. The public is going to be all over this one, betting on the good pa- the good Lions team we finally have after all these years. The Lions are better. They're just better. They're top 10, running, passing, offense, defense, everything, bet DVOA. Packers are bottom 10 at three of those four things. The Packers lost to the Lions in Lambeau in September by 14 points. I was on the wrong side of that one. I'll be on the right side of this one. The Lions are just the way better team. Five of their seven wins are by 12 or more points. They're a great first half team where the Packers aren't scoring. So I think this is, you know, we we love our Thanksgiving football, but I think this ends up shaping up a lot like some of the Cowboys games we often watch where it's like, all right, thanks for the easy match. We got a big early lead. We are like, someone will be the Ezekiel Elliott, like eating a turkey leg in the Salvation Army bucket. Like that's the Lions game here. So we'll do the Thanksgiving trends again, I'm sure, next week. You're going to hear a lot of these. But just a few notes here. Lions have covered eight of their last 11 Thanksgiving games, and they are 4-0 perfect against the spread as favorites in our system, which covers the last two decades of Thanksgiving games. And Thanksgiving favorites, this is the way to go. You want the big favorites, and you want the public teams on Thanksgiving. Favorites of seven or more. 17 and six against the spread, 74% on Thanksgiving. And uh, I said nice thing about Dallas a bit ago, but if you just exclude Dallas, non-Dallas favorites on Thanksgiving, 29 and nine ATS, 76%. So we want the Lions here. I wouldn't be surprised if money comes in and this pushes more towards like double digits, especially after some positive results this weekend. So give me the Lions seven and a half. And I think this one rises. And we can, you know, cash an early bet before even, I don't know what time you all eat dinner, but uh, dinner will, will not even be on the table by the time we're already counting our money on Thanksgiving on this one for me. Could, could I say to you, though, like the Packers get the Chargers this week. Is there, this is kind of it for Jordan Love. Cause then, like you said, they get the Lions Thanksgiving, then they play the Chiefs. If Jordan Love is going to prove any sort of worth to this Packers organization beyond next year, even if they don't win the game against the Chargers, do you, do you, what, what kind of game script or what kind of result are you expecting in Packers-Chargers? Yeah, I mean, that's always part of it with these look-aheads. Uh, the Lions are home against the Bears, I believe. Uh, they're playing the Bears. I think it's in Detroit. So that certainly should shape up well for them. Uh, I, I don't love the Packers against the Chargers. I, it's, a, it's a tough line to bet just because of the Chargers. So whoever knows what's happening with them. So I think, you know, like, I, I don't know I'll be in on a side on that one, but I'm not exactly expecting Love to suddenly like look like he's been the franchise answer. So I don't he know. He could though. That defense I, stinks, Brandon. I haven't been that impressed with him. He just he's not accurate. He never has been any level. He's throwing interceptions. He's putting balls up for grabs. Early in the season, I talked myself into it. Matt LaFleur is giving him a lot of chances to just like YOLO it down the field and get some <laughs> like high EPA plays that did hit. So I think that's there. Like that's the arm talent. But his decision-making, his reading the field, and his accuracy just hasn't really been impressive. So th- this, to me, we we accidentally, like Lions-Packers on Thanksgiving for years, you'd have been like, oh, easy, take the Packers. And suddenly it's like we flipped roles. It's Freaky Friday on Thanksgiving. It's like one of these teams just isn't good at all. And one of them <clears throat> is, I think, has a good chance to be the NFC one seed. So just yeah. keep it easy and, and take the good team. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I guess I'm only pushing back because, like, what if Green Bay – 
does win at home against a defense that's talented, but not that very good. And maybe you get inside a touchdown as opposed yeah. to laying the extra half point. No, that's it, my it, only possible. It's a good point. Normally I would not take a seven and a half year for exactly that reason. Now you hope it flips to the other side, but I think the fact that the lions are facing the bears also, and that like, even if that stays close, the, you know, the bears often keep that one close, but the lions are almost certainly not going to lose that game. So I, I just think Detroit is still a bit undervalued. They came out of the bye week last week and just throttled the Chargers defense and put up mm-hmm. tons of offense. And I just think that the Lions are going to keep rolling. Packers defense here. Uh, honestly, I, I don't mind it at seven and a half, at nine and a half, whatever. So I'm not really too worried to get under a key number here just because I think Detroit's that much better. So that's the reason to not wait and grab it in case it does rise instead. Okay, fair enough. Very good. That's going to do it for this week's NFL Best Bets episode, NFL Week 11 Best Bets here on the Action Network podcast. We are presented by BetMGM, the full Sunday six-pack NFL betting preview with Raybon and Stucky is available wherever you get your podcasts. And then don't forget Monday morning, we got a funky week next week because of the holiday, but Monday morning, you'll still get the recap episode with Jill Gallant, who's featured today with us, Evan Abrams, Brandon will appear for his hot read. So be on the lookout for that. We will have a week 12 best bets episode coming your way. First thing Wednesday morning, Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday morning, the podcast will be out for you night owls. It'll be out at like two o'clock in the morning. So be on the lookout for that. We will have a best bets episode ahead of week 12 Thursday, the Thanksgiving games, then into the weekend as well next week. Folks, don't forget to download the free award-winning Action Network app to see all of the picks from the guys, other contributors that cover the NFL here at Action Network. For Joe Gallant, Luke Swain, Vegas Refund, Brandon Anderson, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening. We will join you again midweek next week for Week 12 Best Bets here on the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.